just in case you thought we'd squeezed every last drop out of that Christoph Sumiar story <laughs> from before Art Weekend, think again, because the, the great man has uh, recompensed Rafe Beckett for uh, the ex money that it cost Rafe and the owners of uh, Captain Viersba to take the horse to, to San Clue. What do you think of that, Neil? Yeah, look, you know, um, it's... Uh Shown a bit of respect on his part to the to the connections of the horse that he rode, mm. um, but the incident in itself uh, with Ross Orion, um, for a person of his stature and his you know his uh, profile, it's uh, yes, doesn't look good, does it? Uh, would, would you have done something like that if you had caused an incident? Say you'd come across a horse, horse had clipped heels, gone down. Would you have? Would you have paid money into the bank account of the person you'd interfered with off your own bat? I suppose there's I don't I suppose there's people who's mentioned it to him about doing it. Um I don't I'm I may be wrong, but whether he's like thought of it all himself, saying I have to give them back the money or whether someone mentioned it to say, Well, if you do that then it'll kind of just smooth things over a little bit. Um I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, or maybe he's doing it off his own bat. He, stri so. he strikes me as a sufficiently maverick to do stuff like that off his own bat. I think he's probably quite shocked in himself, isn't he, that, that, that the incident happened. Uh, he, he, he knew what he was doing, but if you'd said to him three weeks ago or four weeks ago, how long ago, but well before the incident, that you're going to do something like this, he'd have said that he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done it. He's probably quite shocked by himself. Uh, it was a moment of madness. Uh, he did uh, apologise pretty soon afterwards, uh, and this is a, another part of that. So, I'm, you know, what he did was one of the most shocking things that a lot of people have seen on racecourses in, in recent years, and the amount of non-racing friends of mine who've been really, it really sort of chimed with. They really, you know, it jumped off the page, it jumped off the screen at them. I think he realises that he needed to do something. He's got to serve quite a long ban, uh, and this actually seems like... Uh, the sort of gesture which which makes sense, and Ray Beckett said afterwards, didn't he? He's apologised. He's done this. So as far as I'm concerned, there's a line drawn under this. Of course, move on. Of course, move on. Right, quite right. Good sentiment. We will move on. The bell's gone. A governance structure of the sport. I touched on this with Ray Beckett earlier because there was a really interesting piece by Bill Barber in the Racing Post, the industry editor, where he suggested that there was a not immovable but a stumbling block, which meant that they weren't really going to get a cord as regards the BHA being able to have more influence so or control brief, over who's briefing what here? They're, they're, I don't know. Anyone would think but, that racing was made up of warring parties who were briefing against each oh, other. Funny that, isn't it? But, yeah. the, but when you have Rafe Beckett, who is, let's face it, vocal um, and will tell you if he thinks that the whatever is hitting the fan, he is optimistic. He called it on the programme earlier on a bump in the road, didn't he? As Rather than a roadblock, road yeah. Which is, which is striking. I think it's striking that that somebody doesn't seem all that happy with the whole process. They're prepared to to brief the racing post uh, in a way that um, doesn't really help the whole cause because we do know that something needs to be done. And I remember you and I talked on the day uh, after the the summit. We had the, the you know the the, 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 the the two day summit in September. What, what, what? No, Neil, Neil's saying I'll leave the politics to you, but I can see him itching. No, you're going to be seeing it. You're It's so frustrating. Like, I mean, I've been away for 10 years, and racing itself was already starting to... Go, not not the quality, but the, the racing and the way it was being run and the prize money and everything was, was already starting to go down. So why is it only now... And you say, like, there's only, a, a, like, a bump in the road. But, like, that bump in the road's been, like, in the road for 15 years. 
Yeah, but I think the important thing here was that they had this summit, which may or may not have been important, but they did make uh, a statement as a result of, uh, of these talks that took place uh, slightly mysteriously at one point, but in the end everyone admitted who was there. They made this statement afterwards, and one got the distinct impression that the British Horse Racing Authority was going to be allowed to use its authority with a small a. Mm. Now, somebody is, and they, they, BHA needs all the confidence it can get to, to move on, but somebody has briefed uh, a, a, um, a point of view that could cl clearly be a roadblock. Um, but it sounds, from Rafe, who's clearly close to it all, as though a bump in the road, which, which, which has to which, be seen as a positive as opposed to a exactly, so you can just leave the clock rolling into the next. Oh, we need another ten topic. minutes on that. Because yeah, well, no, you can keep going because Barry Hearn, Barry Hearn, um, renowned and successful sports promoter, uh, most notably and latterly associated with revivifying the sport of darts, and has said, "My sport is filling up post-pandemic. Your sport is emptying out." The racing needs, to paraphrase, a benign despot, a dictator. But as I said earlier in the week, uh, Neil, haven't we been round this boy before? Haven't people been saying this we, for 15 We years? need to move with the times. You've got to move with the times. And, and the world is obviously evolving and everything has... Everything is in media now. Everything. And I think executive decisions, like Cornelius said it, they're the rule maker, they are the governing body, they should be making the executive decisions. And... That's pretty simple. That's but, what they need he to do. About but them. this is the first time in, in 15, in a, a long period of time, where the sport has actively tried to change its governing structure to affect something more like this. Which felt like such a positive when it was, um, when it was announced, or it, in, probably more implied than announced, mm. during the, the statement after that uh, summit. But g going back to the benign despot, the benign dictator, that's what racing does need, a benign disp uh, dictator. We've talked about this a lot, and I'm not aiming my, my thoughts at anyone in particular, but the people at the top of the authority who appeared to be giving, being given a little bit of rain in September, mm. they need to demonstrate that they have the personality and the character to be, in big inverted commas, benign despots. They need, otherwise we will go round and round in circles for the next 15 years. Uh, but, and the fact is, at the top now of the BHA, you've got uh, Joe Somers-Smith, mm -hmm. who's somebody who certainly indicated he's probably got personality and character to do it. And there are others who need to step up as well. And they're paid quite a lot of money to do it. And look, Paul Roy and Peter Saville have been there. They've been at the head of the run. And they've come out and publicly said it needs to change. Things were harder then, but hopefully they're a tiny bit easier. It's bumps in the road as opposed to roadblocks now. Times. That's what it's all about. Okay. Talk about um, stable staff pay, uh, which this week has been um, agreed at a higher rate at entry, certainly, at school leaver age, and at a higher rate much further up the food chain to so encourage... The and, the, yeah, and the newbies. To, it, to encourage more people in to the sport and to encourage a certain level of aspiration once you're there. 14.5% was the headline figure. That's not applicable across every member of stable staff or all across the country. It's about minimum values at entry. But the, what's, what's really difficult for racing is that it is hard to recruit and 
part of the reason is that uh, one way or another, paying conditions don't look all that attractive down at the bottom. And this caricature of, uh, of a member of stable stuff, which probably goes back to the Dickensian time, that they're, that they're all sort of downtrodden, this, that, badly paid. They're working on, on part of that image in improving the, the pay. I was, I was really struck by a quote from George McGrath, um, from uh, NAS, the National Association of Racing Staff. It doesn't matter how good an industry strategy is, he said, if we don't have staff, we can't operate. And that would appear to be the philosophy at the back of everyone's mind. We've got, you know, we can, we can, um, we can talk about prize money, we can talk about race schedules, we can talk about this and the other, but if actually there aren't any staff to look after the horses in the first place, we're, we're stuffed before we start. I talked to the Irish Association of Stable Staff earlier in the week, and there's a, a, an entry level of a 25% in increase being proposed there and I think might get agreed there as well to try and bust inflation. They, they have to do something because like again they're stuck stuck in the dark ages you know they, they have to move with the times like these people are the, the, the core of these horses coming racing. Is, is it acceptable to ask anyone now to work more than a five-day week? <sighs> yeah but in this in this industry you kind of have to Look a bit beyond that, you know. You can't really. There has to be an element of flexibility. There has to be an element of flexibility in this sort of sport. Okay, let's talk about Champions Day and talk about the attendance on Champions Day. What was the number? Twenty-three seven eight two payers. Is that? Good, well, bad, was, indifferent. Well, it's not as big as it has been, okay. uh, and we know that uh, attendances uh, have shown a slightly um, a, a, a downward move. Uh, midweek, I think they were um, they were they were a bit of briefing going on, wasn't there? We're not expecting uh, massive crowds, etc. Expectation management. But, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of that. I thought the feel of the day um, was very buzzy. Yeah, you yesterday, had to, yesterday yeah, was great. You had to make an effort to get from A to B, but you could do it, but you had to make that effort to get from A to B. Uh, but uh, it was still comfortable as well. I thought the, the, I thought the feel of the whole day was pretty good. Obviously, they'd have liked a few more, but uh, equally, that, that's not a disastrous number, but it is well below pre-pandemic, isn't it? The one thing I like about Kipco British Champions Day is that its aspiration is to grow racing's fan base. And they put on a lot to grow racing's fan base. That's their focus. Do you agree with me, Neil, that if that's the way you set out, the likelihood is you haven't got any too many easy wins. You haven't got the easy wins of piling them in for the crowd that you would normally get in the summer, for example. That's fine if you want to project it into something, but one day is not going to make a whole season. And, at, and look, at the end of the day, we're in difficult times for everybody. How can you expect the public to go into a race meeting and pay like £30, £10 for a car park and then spend another £50 feeding themselves? And then you want to have them to have a bet. So you're like £100 before you start. People just don't have that money. Well, and, and it's more than that. I just actually looked at the, um, the admission prices. The King Edward enclosure yesterday, £93. The winning post, £47. The Queen Anne enclosure, £37. So it's, that's, that's quite a lot of money. Uh, and especially when people are beginning to look at their subscriptions on the telly. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, those well, types of figures Cup are quite meeting, striking. It was £70 or whatever it is to get up into the, the grandstand or whatever. There was more people in the public area down in the picnic space and the barbecue space than there was up in the grandstand. Because okay. it was free. Food for thought. Should there be more races well, on and Champions this is relevant. Day? Are they being... Are, is the, is are the crowd, is the public getting value with just six... Well... What do they, you think? I was going to say six races... Be clear here, it's five and a half races. Because of the... I mean, the Balmoral Handicap is a lovely race, but this is British Champions Day. 
and the other people were suggesting putting more handicaps on the card. So you you'd a like whole a, season, yeah. a whole season of an indigestible and diet a good of betting, twenty-five, thirty-run handicaps that you can't find there, wasn't it? That was a decent betting I card think, yesterday. See, I think it's... Because although Bayard was, was long odds on, the fact is plenty of people liked Adia, plenty of people saw Bay Bridge, and others, my Prospero had been talked up at big odds as well. So there, it, it wasn't as though it was a non-betting day. Talk to me about whether you think there should be more races on Champions Day. Yes, but what do you fill them with? You've got to find another group one. I think you've got to find a two-year-old race. Two-year-old race, yeah. Like Ascot, fill it up. Maybe two-year-old Colts, two-year-old Phillies. That'll just add another couple of races in there. And then you're coming up to about eight. So I can I can hear the protest from the everyone. jockey club. I can uh, hear the everyone. jockey club saying, hear. "Well, okay, but uh, the the new market has conceded all sorts of things to allow British Champions Day at Ascot to be created." And say you put, you've got to be careful what your two-year-old race is because clearly Future Champion Saturday is the previous week, yeah. and that's beginning to get into its stride. But, but and then they had the Ascot, previous two-year-old like races Cup, as well, which is a very big historic mm. race. And then you have the Walkingham, and you know. You, you can't take them out, can you? So, what's I your point? Well, I think on Champions Day you have to have an element of of like the handicap. Like the handicap yeah, one handicap's more. fine, yeah. but like stick it. Yeah, I think we need another Group One. Two year olds. But and if we can't have a staying two year old race, why don't we have a two year old sprint? Group One, two year old sprint. No one's going to complain. The Cornwallis Stakes used to take place at Ascot at about this time, didn't it? Yeah. Oh. There you go. Sorted. I don't, no, no more handicaps, please. No <laughs> Arabian races. <laughs> Oh, just a, depends on who sponsors. Well, that's true, actually. <laughs> and don't stick it straight before the champions takes. So, well, you don't mind the Arabian races, do you? No, I don't. I've won a couple of them. Well, I bet you have. <laughs> You're right, few. On the trainers have got a race to sort out as well, and we st it's still not official. We can't uh, effectively. I think yesterday meant that Charlie Appleby was champion well, trainer. He's didn't it? In, he he leads now with two and a half months of the year to go by three hundred and sixty-four thousand, and Haggis is not going to have. Um, anything for the for the really well he'll have a few but not the sort of numbers he's been having mm. the Gosdens though interestingly in a media event that William was uh, at the centre of William Haggis was at the centre of last week he kept talking up the possibility of the of the Gosdens uh, making um, continued progress through the year uh, they're on 4.8 million so they're within striking mm. distance but Appleby's obviously long odds on favourite the next only big race is the Racing Post Trophy order yeah. for Charity yeah. Stakes and it's not a very rich uh, prize yeah. money race. And then it's you can see where they're coming from, the Gosdens, because they have numbers and they're not afraid to run their horses. And when they do run, they're, they're, they're pretty much going to win. So. But the, the argument here is, isn't it a farce that we can't crown our champion trainer on Champions Day? The jockeys are done on Champions Day, the apprentice is done on Champions Day, but the trainers is talked about and then all of a sudden, because uh, Baye didn't win... Then it's like open, and it's got another month to go. So it's, yes, well, it's, it's another a, the rest the rest of October and the whole of November. Well, it's, it's a little it bit could silly. be settled at Wolverhampton on New Year's Eve if there is one. So if, if Baid had won and say Adair had finished second or whatever in modern games, you'd have ended up with a situation where it wasn't going to be settled until the thirty first of December, and it would have dribbled on until. Yeah, then it's obviously it needs to be looked at, doesn't it? And, you know, there's neatness in... You now, the whole point of Champions Day is for it to be Champions Day. Yeah. Champion horses, champion owner, champion jockey, champion apprentice, but not the, um, not the champion trainer. Quick, can I... A quick thing about yeah. the um, champion jockey, William Buick, and 
I, I think it's a, a, a really great result that he's he's finally done it. I was looking at the coral betting for next year's championship when Buick will be riding again. Oshin Murphy will be back from the 16th of February and everybody else as well. It's two to five Buick, three to one Murphy. I thought that was short enough for Buick, Just, but yeah, good quote during the week from him. Really struck by a quote that I read from him a couple of times during the week where he said, what would you say to a young William? Uh, and he said, you should have pulled your finger out about the champion jockey thing. <laughs> He's obviously really enjoyed it. You saw those pictures of him and his son going up to receive uh, the trophy. And there was a time when people said, William, great man, but he doesn't want to be in Brighton on Monday and Beverly on Tuesday, etc. But he's just got a little bit of a taste for it now. And, Hold uh, that he's... thought. Hold, Hold that, that thought. thought. Hold that thought. Those were this week's talking points.